0: We can grab our seats. That will be great. Thank you so much. Let's grab our seats. Fantastic. Thank you. That's awesome. Great. Good. Are we doing well? You're good? How many of you are excited for the winter? One, two people. I don't know what's wrong with you. Why would you be excited for the winter? Some people like winter, don't they? I like the summer. Amen. Cool. Well, today I want to share with you of, about the topic of what it means to live from rest. What it means to live from rest. So um, I'm going to read uh, from Ruth chapter 3 and then also from Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, if you have a Bible, you're welcome to turn there. If, you, if not, I'm going to read it uh, from mine, and then we're going to pray and allow God to speak to our hearts. We're going to start from Ruth chapter 3, verse, um, verse 1 onwards, and uh, all the way uh, to the end of the chapter, and then we'll pray and, and make a start. Ruth chapter 3, verse 1. Then Naomi, her mother in law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you that it may be well with you? Let's go back to that verse 1, if we can just put that up again. The Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Everybody say rest. Rest. Should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Verse 2. We'll keep going from verse 2 onwards, if we can. Verse 2. Who was... Nope. <laughs> Chapter, Ruth chapter 3, verse 2, please. Ruth chapter 3, verse 2. So not Hebrews. Back to Ruth chapter 3. Can we go back to Ruth chapter 3? Nope. Okay, I'll read it from my Bible, and we'll go from there. Should I not? Okay, there it is. Is not Boaz our relative, with whose young women you were, see Spread your wings, can we go back to verse 9? Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. Verse 10, and he said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, in that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask, For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Let's jump to Hebrews again. If we can go back to Ruth, please. Remain tonight, and in the morning, if he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So she lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, bring the garment you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it, and he measured out six measures of barley and put it to her, and she went into the city. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to read your word. We pray in Jesus' name that you will speak to our hearts today and you will help us to see Jesus. Thank you for your power. Thank you for lives that are changed and transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. In the Bible, the word rest is a confusing word. The reason it is a confusing word is because we all have a concept of what rest means. Rest often in our vocabulary means putting our feet up. It means lying down. It means uh, going for a break. It means taking a break from work. It means going on a vacation. It means um, taking a break from everything that is exhausting you. But the biblical definition of rest is not necessarily similar to our understanding of what rest is. In the Bible, the word rest means Every activity that is done, being done from a place of the revelation that Jesus has paid it all. Rest is not an activity for a follower of Jesus Christ. Rest is not inactivity for a follower of Jesus Christ. For a follower of Jesus Christ, rest is a dimension. Rest is a truth. Rest is a spirit. Because if you look here in chapter 3 and verse 1, One of the ladies, her mother-in-law, Ruth's mother-in-law, says to Ruth, I am going to seek rest for you. And the moment she says, I want to seek rest for you, she then says, I want you to go and do some work. Well, what is it? Is it rest or is it work? And the reason it's confusing is because we think rest means inactivity. Rest means not doing anything. Rest means a break. But a follower of Jesus Christ understands rest differently. So I'm going to come back to chapter 3 in a moment. But we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 4 and understand what the biblical definition of rest is. So we're going to read Hebrews chapter 4. Again, the whole chapter starting from verse 1 all the way to the end. This is what it says. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest. Everybody say rest rest still stands let us fear let us lest any of you should have failed to reach it so the bible says in the book of hebrews chapter 4 and verse verse 1 that the rest of god exists but it is possible for you not to enter rest if it was not possible it wouldn't say it it says hey i want you to be careful in case you miss out on the rest God has provided for you why is that warning there the warning a warning always is there when danger exists so often you can go and drive down the road and there's a a sign that says warning chances of flood why is the warning there the warning is there because the danger is there and there is a danger that we can be followers of Jesus Christ believers of Jesus Christ the book of Hebrews was written to people who believed in Jesus and the writer of the book of Hebrews warns them and says, hey, I want you to be careful just in case you miss out on rest. Verse 2, for the good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because, those, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. In other words, if you want to enter rest, when the message of God comes to you, you have to respond in faith. If you don't respond in faith to the message of God, you have the danger of, of not entering rest. Let's keep going from verse 3 onwards. For we who have believed enter that rest. He has said... did from his. Whoever has entered the rest of God has stopped from your works because you are now working from the rest of God. Look at verse 11. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. So you see across In Hebrews chapter 4 and chapter 5, you can go home and read the rest. There is warning after warning after warning to say, don't try and live life based on your strength don't try and strive in life don't try and figure things out your way don't try and be in control of your life don't try and be a control freak where you need to know how everything works out in your life because if you know everything about your future how it's going to work out when your breakthrough is going to come when your miracle is going to come how it's going to come who it's going to come through then you don't need trust you don't need faith. The very element of our faith indicates that we have to trust all the matters about our future to a God that is good. And all of us have the propensity within us to try and figure things out. And we sometimes listen to the activity of God, and we say, God's going to do this, or God's going to say this, or I feel God's going to do this. And we make up plans in our mind and we say, you know what? What that means is by November, God's going to do this and he's going to do it by so and so. And this is how my life is going to turn out. And this is where it's going to come from. And often what happens is we make plans on what we think God is going to do and it doesn't come to pass. And we live in disappointment. We live in discouragement. We live wondering whether God's word has failed. No, my friends, the word of God cannot fail. What it was, was you were not what working out of rest you were working out of control you wanted to control your God and you wanted to control your future you wanted to control the very outcomes of how things would happen how people would behave and would not behave when it'll happen and when it will not happen and so we work out of striving and guess what happens when we work out of striving we're exhausted we are tired we live from stress I'm not a medical professional. There are many, many medical professionals in this room today. But there's increasing evidence from research that shows that most of the diseases can be attributed at least to an element from stress. A lot of the diseases and the illnesses that we find in the world today have a root in a place of exhaustion and stress. Why? Because we cannot be in a place where we give up control. Where we give up control And enter the rest of God. Why is it that Ruth's mother-in-law is talking to Ruth about rest? In case you don't know who Ruth is, let me just give you a bit of a background. Ruth was from a tribe called Moab. According to the word of God, according to God's law, the tribe of Moab is cursed. That's a cursed tribe. That's a great start, isn't it? You didn't do anything, you're just born into a tribe and you find yourself being a cursed person. What do you do when the things that are against you have got nothing to do with your choices? Some of us were born into areas. We were, we just found ourselves in situations where other people, because of other people's mistakes, because of other things that other people have done, we find ourselves in an unfortunate situation. And Ruth found herself to be a Moabite woman. And to be a Moabite woman meant back in the day in the law that you were cursed by God Himself. What do you do when you are just a baby being born into the world and you're growing up? You read the law of God and you're told you're cursed and it wasn't even your fault she was cursed not only is she cursed but Ruth is a widow she marries this Jewish man and I'm sure nobody walks down the aisle to get married and the thing that they think about the most I'm sure most people don't think oh yeah I can't wait for the day my husband dies that's not the thought that's not the first thing that enters your mind She gets married. They don't even have any kids. And that means that's probably quite a short marriage. They get married. She's quite a young woman. And her husband dies. So she's a widow. Not only is she cursed and she is a widow. But she is now relocating from Moab to another place in Israel. And she is now relocating to a people group that don't speak her language. That don't look like her. That don't talk like her. And again, common research has shown that one of the most stressful things people can go through is house moving. She's not just moving house. She's moving country to a people group that don't even speak her language, that don't eat the same food, that don't look like her, walk like her, or dress like her. And she's in a place cursed by God, a widow, and in a place where she doesn't know anybody And chapter 3, we read that she now is going out to the farm because it's harvest season and hoping that she'll be able to pick up leftovers because she's hungry. If you read chapter 4, you find that she doesn't have a home, so she's homeless. So here's a woman who's homeless, has no food to eat, is cursed by God, is a widow because her husband has died. And the Bible says, her mother-in-law comes to her and says, I need you to find, I need to make sure I give you rest. What was she talking about? She was not just talking about a place where she can put her feet up and have a break. Because in the Bible, rest is not a break. Rest is not a vacation. Rest is not inactivity. Rest is a dimension where you live in, where you know that because of Jesus, all things have been paid for. Can I encourage you today? Everything that you need for life and godliness is yours through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. God is a good God and in his goodness he sent his son to die in your place and my place, took on the curse and the punishment of the sin of the entire human race. And if you will live in a revelation that Jesus has paid the price, then an invitation remains open for you to step out of your control freakness, to step out of all all the things that you're doing to strive and figure it out and enter the dimension called rest because when you enter rest things begin to change. How many of you would like to live the rest of your life from a place of rest? Rest is a dimension that is provided for every person who is a believer in Jesus Christ but the sad thing about the rest of God is that we can be believers in Jesus, we can be churchgoers, we can be worshippers, we can bring our tithes, and still live in stress, still live in worry, still live in anxiety, still live in a place where we want to control the outcomes of our life, and when they don't go according to plan, it hurts us, and they don't go according to plan, we're offended. When they don't go according to plan, we wonder, oh God, what are you doing? Are you playing games with my life? All of a sudden, we don't trust that God is good because we thought that by God's goodness, He needed to do it your way, in your time, with your people, in a certain way. And when things don't happen that way, we wonder what happened to our faith. We wonder whether it's us. We wonder what's happening. None of that is the case. Here's the truth we were not living out of rest. We were living out of control. We like to think we were living out of rest. Here's how you know whether you were living out of rest or living out of control. When things go don't go your way, how do you feel? That's a great test. When people don't act the way you want them to act, how do you feel? When plans don't go according to how you thought they're gonna go, how do you feel? When people don't treat you the way you think they meant to treat you, how do you feel? That's a very simple test to know whether you're actually living in rest or you're living in control. Because we can say we trust Him, but whether you truly trust will be exposed by your reactions and your emotions when things don't go the way you want it to go. But today, there's an invitation to every person to enter the rest of God. It's a much better way it's a much safer way. It's a much more stress free way. It's a way where you don't know the outcomes and you cannot control many, many things. It's a place that can initially feel scary because all of your life you're used to controlling the variables. You're used to controlling people's reactions. You're used to controlling the outcomes. But now you're faced with the reality of, gosh, I thought I was trusting Jesus. I thought I was in rest. But look how stressed I am. Look how offended I am. Look how angry. I am look how upset I am at people why because they don't act the way I want them to act they don't talk the way I thought I want them to talk they don't respond the way I want them to respond look at my way look at my calendar things have not happened when I wanted it how I wanted it where I wanted it and what's happening with my life all of that shows one thing you're in control you're in control but you can either have control or you can have rest but you can never have both. You can either have control or you can have rest. But you can never have both. And the writer to the Hebrews in the, cha- in the fourth chapter reminds us and wants us over and over again. Come on guys, let's enter rest. I want to share with you today what it means to live from a place of rest. Naomi. Roots mother-in-law or Orpah, roots mother-in-law, um, comes and, uh, and says, I-, I, want, I want you to enter rest. And, and, and rest is found through a redeemer. Of course, roots redeemer was Boaz and our redeemer is not Boaz. Our redeemer is the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And let me show you what it feels like when you enter rest. Number one. When you enter the rest of God, you don't have to show people all the good things you've done. You don't have to show off. You don't need people to know how much you've sacrificed, how much you've given. You don't try and make a name for yourself. One of the things that's written in chapter 3, in Ruth chapter 3, Boaz looks at Ruth and says these words. Everything that you have been been doing for your mother-in-law, has been said to me. Let me ask you a question. How is that possible? I mean, Moab is another country. Boaz is in Israel. How did he know every single thing that Ruth did for her mother-in-law? He said, everything you've done for your mother-in-law has been reported to me. How you kind you've been to her. Everything. And then he says, all the townsmen know what a noble woman you are. You see, Ruth didn't go about trying to win favors from anybody. He, he, she didn't try to to manipulate people so they like you. She didn't try and, try and strike up conversations so that people will somehow follow you or like you or help you. And 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 some of us are, are masters at manipulating people. We, we would try and go and talk to people and, and be friends with them. And we all have an ulterior motive because the ulterior motive is not friendship. You're hoping that they like you and they help you. You see Ruth here does not go around networking and manipulating and twisting people to like her so that they can do favors for her. She's just putting her head down and hoping for one thing, I want to enter rest. And when she entered rest, the Bible says that everything that was done for her, the Redeemer knew. Can I say to some of you, some of us have discovered the secret of doing the right thing in secret, praying in secret, giving in secret, sacrificing in secret, and nobody has known what it has caused Hostess. Nobody has known our heartache. Nobody has known what it's meant to lose a husband. She's a widow. She is cursed. She is relocated. But there was a redeemer that was listening and gathering information to everything that they've done. And I want to say to some of you, some of you have been giving in secret, sowing in secret, sacrificing in secret, paying a price in secret. And many people look at you and look at you a widow, look at you a cursed woman. But you know that you have been entering rest. You've been doing the right thing. Even though the world does not notice, I want you to know something. Your Redeemer knows. Your Redeemer notices. There is heaven that is watching. And everything you've given, everything you've said, every time you've trusted, there is a God in heaven that has seen and has made note of what you're doing and when you've done it. When you walk by rest, you don't live hoping To prove people right. You don't live hoping to manipulate people so they like you. You trust God to bring the blessing of God to you without manipulation. You see, when you enter rest, it frees you from manipulating people. It frees you from controlling people. It frees you from dominating people. Some of us are so used to manipulation and control and domination. Some of us manipulate through anger. Some of us manipulate through gifts. Some of us manipulate through force. Some of us manipulate through nice words. Some of us manipulate through distance. Some of us manipulate through proximity. Whatever it is you are doing in order to get the blessing of God, let me say this to you in kindness. There is one name that can bless you. His name is Jesus. And if you will end Enter rest and if you will remember that Jesus has paid the price for your rest. Then you can enter that place where you can be set free from control and domination and manipulation. And trust that God will bless you anyway. It's God's desire to bless you. So a life of rest is a life free from manipulation. A life of rest is a life that's free from control. Number two, a life of rest is a life that's free from wanting to know detail. A life that is full of rest is a life that is free from wanting to know detail. Ruth's mother-in-law says to her, I want you to rest because your Redeemer will not rest until the matter is completed. Is it possible that you can do that? Is it possible that you trust that God is up to something right now and you can't see it? You see, Ruth had to rest and trust that the Redeemer is up to something. She's not seeing the details. She's not hearing what's happening. So, so Boaz is trying to redeem and he, he has to then meet another Redeemer that's closer in chapter 4. And then they need to have a meeting and then the townspeople have a meeting. And then they come to an agreement. There's lots of activity going on in chapter 4 and chapter 5. and chapter. All of this is, is, is hidden from Ruth's eyes. You see, many times God is more up to things behind the scenes that you're aware of. He often does more behind your back than in front of your eyes. And so often we can mistake His silence for His inactivity. But the silence of God is not equal to the inactivity of God. God is up to something. And when we are in rest, when we enter the rest of God, we can leave the unknown details into His hands. How many of us get so stressed because we need to know detail of when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, who it's going to happen through, what your life's going to be like, when it will be. Give me the diary. Give me the schedule. Give me the people that are involved. What will my future look like? But the invitation Ruth had was just very simple. I want you to enter rest and trust that the Redeemer knows what he's doing. Today you have an invitation and the invitation is to enter the rest of God. And when you enter the rest of God, you can leave the unknown details into the hands of a faithful father. And many times you are stuck. You and I are stuck because we can't progress in our walk with God because our prayers go back to that same place. When, where, how, why. Can I say this in love? No matter how much faith you have, no matter how much of Jesus you understand, there will be things about your future that you will never have clarity about. But here's the one thing we can know. God is a good God. And you can trust him with the unknown details. You can trust him with the when. You can trust him with the where. You can trust him with the who. We can trust him. Enter His rest. Enter His rest. Number three, when you live from a place of rest, you can let go of questions about your past that have no answers. Not just the questions about your future that have no answers, but the questions about your past that have no answers. Question number one, why was she born a cursed woman? I mean, what, why? Why? Why was she born into a family that was dysfunctional? Well, why couldn't she be born into a family that had function? Question number two, why did her husband die? Why did her husband die so young? Question number three, why is she homeless? Question number four, why doesn't she have food? How low do you have to get that you think your plan for the day is to leave your house, to go to a farm, hoping that the harvesters have left some leftovers. And that's what lunch looks like. But you read the entire story and there are no explanations. There are no answers as to why she was born into the family she was born into. There's no explanations as to why her husband died. There's no explanations as to why She's homeless. There's no explanations to why she's got no food. But when you enter the rest of God, it's not that your past makes sense and it's filled with answers. It's not that your questions begin to get answers. It's just that one by one, Your questions begin to disappear. Because you are now aware of a greater reality, the reality of rest of Jesus Christ. And today, there's an invitation for some of you to let go of the questions that's causing you to be stuck. Why was I born into this family? Why did my husband die? Read the entire story. There are no answers. There are no answers. The reason the Moabite clan was cursed is because the Moabite clan existed through the product of incest. A dad slept with his own daughters and produced children. It was so abhorrent to God under the law, not now, but under the law. God said, I want to curse these people. That's a horrible thing for a man to do. But what did she do to deserve that? To be born into a, ham, a family like that. And nowhere, as she enters rest, does God come along and say, Let me answer some of your questions about your past. This is why that happened. This is why you were born into a family. This is why your husband died. This is why you were a widow probably in your early 20s. No answers whatsoever. And some of you are stuck in life because you are asking God the same questions again and again and again about your past. But there's an invitation today and the invitation is for to enter the rest of God. And the rest of God says, I don't understand my past And I may never have answers. But in the rest of Jesus, I can come to terms with the fact that slowly, one by one, I can lay down my questions. I can lay down my questions. And some of you today need to lay down your questions before you can move forward because you are so stuck in that place. Because the question will not let go of you. But today is Freedom Day. Where your heart can truly know the freedom of laying down your questions in the presence of Jesus and say, Jesus, I don't understand. I don't think I ever will, but I'm letting go of control and I don't have answers and that's okay. Living by rest. Do you know how much your body, not just your spirit, not just your soul, not just your mind, do you have any idea how much stress your body is going through. Your, your organs are going through. Your, your heart and your brain. Do, do you have any idea how, how, how much stress your cells in your body are going through? Because you cannot let go of the questions that are, don't have answers. You try to manipulate it. You try to control it. You try to fix people's reactions and actions. But it, it didn't work. It hasn't worked. So you can choose. You can either trust Or you can be stuck in a place and say, I demand answers, I demand answers, I demand answers. In the presence of Jesus, in the presence of rest, our questions don't get answered, but our questions can be laid down. And today God is inviting you to lay down your questions so you can move into the future full of redemption. Here's the last thing. When you live by rest, you live a life that helps other people enter rest. When you live in the rest of God, you live a life that helps other people enter the rest of God. You see, um, Boaz and Ruth got married. And they had a son. And they, they, when this baby was born, Ruth's mother-in-law says, ah, oh, this baby is the restorer of old age to me. Because you see, Ruth's mother in law was also a widow. Not only was she a widow, she had lost two of her boys, two of her sons had died. Not just Ruth's husband, another son had died. So, can you imagine being a woman and in your lifetime, you have not only buried your husband, you've also buried all your children? What trauma, what pain, unanswered questions. How do you even deal with that? Yet because of Ruth, because of Ruth, the mother-in-law now enters her rest. She says, I've entered my rest too in chapter five. Talks about how she's the, she, her life has been restored. A nourisher of my old age, she says. Wouldn't it be amazing if God used your trauma to help other people in trauma? Wouldn't it be amazing if God used your pain to help other people in pain? Wouldn't it be amazing if God used your discouragement to help people in discouragement? Wouldn't it be amazing if God used your depression to help people out of depression? Because when you walk in the rest of God, through your life, you begin to provide other people with the rest of God the invitation is today is today and that's why the Hebrew says in chapter 4 as long as it is called today today don't harden your hearts. That's the only thing you're requested to do. That's the only, that's the only responsibility at your end. Jesus has paid the price. The blood of Jesus has been shed. His hands were nailed. His feet were nailed. His back was whipped. His side was pierced. There's a crown of thorns on his head. His beard was pulled. Jesus has paid the price. The only, the only, the only responsibility from your end. In chapter 4, Hebrews says, make sure you are united in faith when the word of God is delivered to you. Make sure you respond in faith so that you can enter rest. I wonder if you're here today and you want to live a life out of rest or do you want to live a life out of striving? Do you want to live a life out of rest, or do you want to live a life out of control? Do you want to live a life out of rest, or do you want to live a life out of manipulation? Do you want to live a life out of rest, or do you want to live a life out of stagnation? What life do you want to live? How are you living today? Are you living full of striving and stress and worry and anxiety? And when things don't go your way and people don't treat you the way you think they should treat you, are you worried, hurt, depressed, annoyed, bleeding all over people? But Jesus stands here today and pleads with you enter my rest come rest trust me the details won't be clear but trust me I won't always make it plain and simple but trust me your past there are some questions lay it down trust me your future there are unknowns lay it down but trust me trust me you can enter rest Ruth was a cursed woman, a widow. Nobody should even accept her into the city that she was in. But a redeemer stepped in. His name was Boaz, and today we celebrate a redeemer that's greater than Boaz. His name is Jesus. The writer to the book of Hebrews, the writer in the book of Hebrews was writing to believers in Jesus Christ and warns them, "Hey." Make sure you don't fail to enter rest. Make sure you don't live out of striving. And you know, a warning message is never a nice message to receive, isn't it? It makes us feel a bit, Ah, oh, I don't want to be warned. Tell me everything's going to be okay. Hey, listen, everything's going to be okay. The only warning is make sure you don't miss out on your rest. What's rest? Inactivity, no. What's rest? Hoping everything will be working fine and I don't have to do anything, no. You have to unite your heart in faith with the message that's coming today. Where are you at today? Where's your heart? Are you living out of stress, worry, control, manipulation? The seeds you sow, you will reap. So if you reap manipulation... You will, if you sow manipulation, you will reap it. If you sow control, you will reap it. If you, whatever you sow, you will reap. The Bible says God has not mocked whatever a man or woman sows in his flesh, he will reap it. That's new covenant. If you go out and you sow weeds in your garden, just because you're forgiven doesn't mean that the weeds won't grow. The weeds will grow. If you sow tomatoes, tomatoes will grow. That's got nothing to do with the covenant of Jesus. It has everything to do with your choices. So today you can choose to sow rest into your future. You can choose to sow rest into your future. You can choose to give up control and choose rest for your future. For a moment of concentration and privacy, I want to invite you to close your eyes. I going to ask you a few questions. How are you living today? Are you living from a place of rest or are you living from a place of striving? Are you living from a place of trust or are you living from a place of control? Are you manipulating people in your world to like you or are you putting your head down and hoping that your blessing comes from God and God alone? Are you manipulating people with your words so you can control them to talk the way you want them to talk? to be the way you want them to be? Or are you trusting your future to a faithful God? The invitation is open today. Come, enter your rest. I want to ask you a few questions. Number one, if you are here today and you say, I realize my questions may never have answers, but today, one more time, I may have even done this in the past, but today, one more time, I lay down my questions. If that's you, I want to pray for you for a moment of concentration privacy while every head is bowed and eyes are closed. Just because you're doing business with God, if you say, I want to lay down some questions from my past, they may never be answered. But I don't want to be stuck there. I want to enter rest but I want to lay down some questions. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Just let me know who I'm praying for. Put your hand up and down if that's you. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. God bless you. We're going to pray that God will help you enter rest. Come on, you know what those questions are. Tell God. Whisper to God and say, God, i lay down those questions. Tell him, you know what they are. Father, we see every hand that's gone up today and saying, I've got some questions about my past that I'll have no answers for. But I lay them down today. Because I cannot trust while I'm adamant that I need answers. Lord, you know how hard it is. Because there is a spirit of injustice. There is pain. There is anger. But we let it go. For the sake of Jesus we let it go and we embrace rest we join our faith with the message and we embrace rest secondly I want to pray for anybody who says I want to enter rest because I want to let go of control about my future I'm so stressed about the when, the where, the why, the who, the what. And unless I have a clear plan about my future, I feel so, so, so stressed. And often I find myself trying to, 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 to make a plan. And, and, and it's not that planning is bad, but you know when it's stressful and you're trying to work things out. But today, you feel faith in your heart to let go of certain uncontrollables about your future. If you're here today and saying, God, there are things about my future I'll never be able to control, the when, the where, the what, but I want to lay down and choose to enter your rest. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Put your hand up if that's you, I want to pray for you. God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else that says pray for me, I want to enter rest and let go of control. Thank you so much. Thank you. Father, we bring our future into your hands. Come on, whisper to him. You know what it is that you want to know and that's stressing you out. The when, the where, the how, the why, tell him. Whisper to him. Father, we bring our whens and our whys and our wheres and our hows, the things that stress us about our future. We, we bring it to you. And we accept your invitation to enter the rest of God to enter the rest of God number three if you are here today and you say I am so tired of manipulating people I'm so tired of controlling people when people don't do a certain thing I, ma- I make them know that I'm upset so they're now afraid that they don't do it again because they don't want to upset me they don't want to they don't. They don't want to. They don't want to trouble me. And so I know that people in my world are, are putting up with me because they're, they're afraid of my response. They're afraid of my reaction. They're afraid of my, of the way I, I act and behave. I often find myself manipulating and controlling people and hoping that they like me. I have. I've worked out techniques where I put my put my mask up and 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 make sure that that nobody sees my scars and wounds because i'm so scared that in case they saw it um, would they dislike me and so i have figured out a perfect way to manipulate my world into liking me but i'm tired of living that way and i want to lay it down and i want to enter the rest of god if that's you i want to pray for you let me know who it is so i can pray for you say god i'm done controlling i'm done manipulating i'm done thank you anybody else saying god I'm control of manipulation. Thank you. Thank you. Father, today, we bring our desire to manipulate, our desire to dominate, our desire to control. We bring it to you. and we lay it down, and we enter your rest. We thank you that Ruth received a divine blessing, not through the power of her networking not through the power of her being liked, not through the power of saying the right words at the right time with the right people. No, Lord, we thank you that the redemption of God gives us the blessing of God without having to control or manipulate anybody. We rebuke the spirit of manipulation. We rebuke the spirit of control. We rebuke the spirit of domination. In the name of Jesus, we say that spirit will have no authority or right in our church, in the lives of people and we take victory over that spirit, Lord and we enter your rest. Here's the last question I want to ask and I want to pray for you. Number four, if you're here today and you say, I want God to use me. Just as Ruth was used in spite of all of the things that were against her, she she had so many things going against her. But she was still used to be a blessing. Restored people restore others. Healed people bring healing to others. Blessed people become a blessing. People who enter rest lead others into their rest. And if you're here today and you're saying, God, I want you to use me, there's so many things that's wrong. In Ruth's life, she was cursed, she was a widow, she was homeless. But God still used her. The God of the Bible can use anybody. If you're here today and saying, God, I've got got a story and a half to tell about my life, but I'd love you to use me to bring freedom to others, to bring a blessing to others, to bring a rest to others. I want you to use me to put a smile on somebody's face. And I want you to do that by entering rest. Then I want to pray for you. If that's you, lift your hands where you are so I know. God bless you. God bless you. Thank 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 you so much. Thank you so much. Father, today, I pray that we will not just be a church that is blessed, but a church that is a blessing. That in the coming days, there will be men and women, boys and girls who will say, because of our lives, their lives were made better. Who will say, because we entered rest, they entered their rest. Because we discovered our Redeemer, they discovered their Redeemer. Because we walked in our redemption, they walk in their redemption. Because we walked in who Jesus is, they walked in who Jesus is. Father, today we pray that that will be the reality. Hey, I have one more prayer to pray and then we're done. If you're here today and you have never given your life to Jesus, if you've never made a decision to trust Him, But today you heard about Jesus and who he is. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. There's an opportunity here right now for you to say, I trust Jesus. Perhaps you did trust him many, many years ago or months ago and somehow you felt disconnected. But today you want to make a commitment to renew your relationship with Jesus and trust him once and for all then I want to lead you in a very simple prayer where you will be able to trust Him. It's not that you will know all the answers, but you can trust Him simply by believing that He died, He was buried, and He's risen again. If you're here today and you say, I want to make a decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ, then I want to pray for you. Is there anyone, even if there's one person, I want to pray for such a person. If not, we're going to close. If anyone say, I want to become a follower of Jesus Christ, count me in that prayer, then I want to pray. For the sake of those who might be watching at home, we're going to repeat this prayer. And if you want to repeat this prayer after me, you'll make a decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died and that you rose again. I trust you with my life and I receive yours. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for a new identity. I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you've made that prayer, whether at home or in this building, I want to encourage you not to live life on your own. Connect with us. We'll help you take the next steps. And this week, Monday through Saturday, before we come back again, why don't you live life differently? Not stressed, not worried, not manipulating, not controlling, not with a feeling of injustice to say, I demand answers, but a place of trust and enter His rest because in His rest is the redemption of the rest of your life. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming. Say hello to one or two people.